Turn to someone and say, all dressed up. All dressed up. What are we dressed in? Robes of righteousness. I love singing, I am the righteousness of God. What a great thing to know that, you know what? I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but he gave it to me anyway. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is great news. Last Sunday, we found out that we're all dressed up in the garments of praise. And that's a very demonstrative thing. That's something that actually is like an action thing, isn't it? It's you clap and you dance and you shout and you spin around and you run because praise is something that we do, not just an attitude that we have. And so we covered that all last week, but I want to go on today and I want to talk about all dressed up and ready for battle. All dressed up and ready for battle. Anybody ready for a fight this morning? Yeah, you're up for a fight. Yeah, well, we're going to find out a little bit about what it is about the fight we're in. Let's turn to Psalm 110. Um, I love Psalm 110. I'm going, to, um, I'm going to say this from a different translation today. So you'll have to follow it up here on the, on the, on the screen. Uh, it says, The word of God to my Lord sit alongside me here on my throne until I make your enemies a stool for your feet. You were forged a strong scepter by God of Zion. Now rule those surrounded by enemies. Your people will freely join you resplendent. Everybody say resplendent. What a great British English word in the English language. Say resplendent. Say it with a rolled R. Resplendent. Can you do that? Resplendent. A resplendent is a great word. It means, wow, look at this. Has your wife ever come in and you've said, darling, you are resplendent today? Have you ever said that? Sharon says that to me all the time. All the time. You know, I've got a towel around my waist and gravity's had its, had, its, had its effect. And she goes, darling, you are resplendent. Amazing. Resplendent is a fantastic word. It means, man alive, look at that. Shining, stunning outstanding, resplendent. This is talking about a group of people who join God while he's sitting on the throne and his enemies are his footstool. He said, your people freely join you. They're not, you know, in the old days, they used to um, uh, press gang people into the Navy. Have you ever heard that expression? They used to have the press gangs where they used to go around the the pubs and the club, not they didn't have clubs in the 17th century, but the pubs in the 17th century and wait till everybody was completely stoned out their box and then they would grab them and they would actually kidnap them and they'd get up the next day and they'd be on a ship and they'd be in the Navy for the next five years. The wife would think he hasn't come home again and then he hasn't come home for the next day and the next day and she wouldn't see him for five years. This is, this is our Navy, all right? It's changed a bit now. But this is not a press gang situation. This is a, I'm in for this. I'm up for this. Your people will uh, freely join you resplendent in holy armour on the great day of your conquest. You join, sorry, they will join you at the fresh break of day. They will join you with all the vigour of youth. I love this. God gave his word and he won't take it back. You are a permanent priest. 
a priest of the order of, of um, Elchizedek. The Lord stands true at your side, crushing kings in his terrible wrath. He brings judgment on the nations, handing out convictions wholesale. I know this doesn't sound very pleasant this morning, but I want you to get in the spirit of this, all right? Put a smile on your face. This is not heavy, all right? Um, handing out convictions wholesale, crushing opposition across the wide earth. The kingmaker puts his king on the throne and the true king rules with his head held high. <coughs> Excuse me, I love this. I love this passage. It's full of energy. It's full of zeal. It's full of expectation. It's full of victory. It gives us a picture of a God who cannot be defeated. It gives us a picture of a God who is all powerful. And he works with people in his dominion. The king of all the ages. He's sitting in complete and total victory. He has authority over all his enemies. Over everything that wants to bring destruction and death to mankind. To bring destruction into God's creation. I know we can look around the world today and we see a lot of destruction. But do not let that change in your own mind and your own understanding the fact that God rules with all authority and with all power. God is not going to control his earth. He's going to rule over his earth. He gives people the free choice to say yes to him or to reject him. And when you say yes to Jesus Christ, you come out of darkness into life, out of the place the Bible says of being lost into a place of being found. You come into the presence and the power of God. You become a child of God in the family of God and can say Abba Father to Almighty God and that means God can work in your life with all his dominion with all his power with all his authority can be released into your and my circumstances so whilst the world may look a bit of a mess hallelujah his power is at work in our own lives and in our own circumstances can I hear an amen This really gives a picture that, that the power of God and the authority of God totally annihilates the opposition. Totally annihilates the opposition. Now we're not talking today about people, but we are talking about the things that are arrayed against the kingdom of God. In this passage, which again just gives such a great picture of God's authority and God's power. Right in the in the center of the understanding that we have is a picture of a stirred up group of people. It's not just God on his own. There's a stirred up group of people. It says they have, uh, they have energy, they have excitement, they have zeal. And it's as if they're putting their hand up, pick me, pick me. I want to go, I want to be. It's not a press gang situation. I want to be in your army. I'll be there first thing in the morning. I'll be there all stirred up, ready, dressed and ready for battle. Look at someone and say, dressed and ready for battle. You see, these people are dressed and ready. They're not having to drag out. Have you ever seen these old, there was an old comedy um, uh, series at the time I was growing up called um, Get Some In. Anybody remember that or am I just the oldest man here? And it was back in the 70s and it was hilarious. It was about people doing national service. And they were coming in, they had to do, everybody had to do a couple of years of national service in the UK in the 50s. My dad did and uh, perhaps your 
you know, parents were involved in that. I don't know. But, you know, my dad really talks about it with some fondness. Um, but it was a real challenge. And this, and this um, you know, program gets something hilarious. It's about all these ordinary guys. One guy comes in with a big quiff. Another one comes in, you know, and he's all cool. And somebody else comes in and he's the son of a, uh, a priest. And, and he's just really, really boring. Why is it they always paint that? But this guy's really boring and just really hasn't got any energy at all. And there's, there's all these completely different characters that are thrown together. And in the first episode, I'll never forget it. This is like 40 years ago now. They sort of come in and they go to the hairdressers and this guy with the quiff, he said, just sort of take a bit off there and a bit off there. And the guy's going, oh yeah, yeah, you know, do you want it like this, like that? And then he says, yeah, and he sort of sits back like this and the bloke gets the, he goes, yum, and just shaves his head completely off. It's hilarious. And the guy has a fit and wants to take him out and all this sort of stuff. But after a couple of years, they become a crack fighting troop. You know, something happens because they're in. But you know what? This doesn't paint a picture of, of a group of guys who don't want to be there. This is painting a picture of an army that is saying, God, we're in. We're all dressed up. We're ready. We're willing. We're able. Have you ever said to your kids, will you get up and get dressed? Have you ever said that? You know, how many times? Get up and get dressed. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, Sharon. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Get up and get dressed. These people were ready at break of dawn. Something was so stirred on the inside of them. There's a group of young people. That doesn't mean an age in our situation, but it's an attitude. It's an attitude on the inside. Don't become an old person before your time in your mentality and in your attitude. Don't become old. Reach the end of your life still looking forwards, still expectant, still younger. Don't become a grumpy old person that, that, that sits there, that sits there and moans about what the young people are doing. You were one of those once and the old people moaned to you. Hello. There's all this moaning about kids on scooters and kids on bikes. And in my day, they wouldn't have had this. No, they were the razor gangs. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's stop becoming old people before our time. These people had something youthful and energetic on the inside of them. Next Sunday, I want to be going through all the details about the armour of God. But today, I want to be talking about this attitude on the inside that this group of people seem to have. That their whole psalm is written about them. A psalm is written about Almighty God whose enemies are His footstool, but He's got this sea and this army of young people who say, we're up for this, we're in this, we want to go for something that's worth living for. I love the, I love the word pictures. They were all dressed up resplendent in holy armour. In the office the other day, I don't know... It was there for some reason. I don't know why. Obviously, kids' church. But there was this large cardboard box. And me just being nosy, I look in all sorts of things. And I just opened it up. And inside was all this armor, plastic armor. And it was like 
you know, stuff from the, the Greek days or the Roman days and the head and the breastplate. And I thought, well, if I wore that, I'd be like this because it's so tiny because it's for kids. But, but it also didn't really, for me today, didn't really paint the picture. To be resplendent in holy armour means, wow, that is awesome. That is amazing. Look at what you are dressed in. And I don't know today if you really know or it's hit us like it needs to hit us just how awesome we look in the armour of God. We don't look like some big draggled old group dragging ourselves around the hardships of life. We are dressed up. We have royal robes on, garments of praise on, and we have the glorious resplendent armour of Almighty God that has been given to us for our everyday lives. It's amazing. This is the church of the living God, all dressed up and ready for battle, all dressed up and prepared for battle every day when we get up, every day when we enter into the world that we live in, we are going to face battles on a daily basis. Every day. You know what? Those battles that just seem to happen every day. Loads of battles. From the time you get up to the time you go to bed. You get up and you go to have a shower and you realise that the boiler didn't work and now you've got to have a cold shower. That's a battle. Hello. It's the battle when you're on your way to work and you think, I've just got time to get my Costa. Just got time. The train's leaving in six minutes and I know six minutes because it's just opposite Hayes Station. Not that I ever do this in the morning, but I do this at other times and I know I've just got six minutes and that's just enough time to go up, queue up, get a coffee, get across there and get on the train. So you go in the Costa and the queue's out the door. Come on, that's a battle. That's like, I want to take someone out. I want to just, excuse me, because I've got a train to catch. Find out everybody else has got a train to catch and everybody's getting grumpy and you stand there for three minutes and then you think, oh, come on. Then you go, oh. And something comes out like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. Hello? Come on, this is the better crowd this morning, apparently. Don't you ever have, the, have, have that coffee moment? Oh, I can't be bothered with this. And you feel like you want to shout something at the, how dare you have customers? <laughs> I want a coffee. And you have to leave. And, that, and that's a battle. And now it's not a major battle. It's not life changing, but it's a battle. And then you get to work or you're on the way and you get to the train. And you know what? It's full and you're squeezed in there. And it's like, this is a battle. And someone's got bad breath right next to you. And you're thinking, dear God, don't you know what toothpaste is? Have you never done this? Yeah, and P.O.'s the bad one. It's like they're all holding up like this and you go, oh, and you, and you pass out because, oh no, you know, deodorant's against my religion. Change your religion. That's right. Dear God, I can never get that. Oh, God just wants me natural. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He wants you to have help. All right? Okay, just saying. But all this stuff is daily battles that we go on. These are not life-changing battles. They're just, and then you find somebody with an attitude. Oh, come on. Attitude. You say, good morning, is it? And you say, oh, no. This is all I need, is it? And then you find the moaner and the complainer. And they're, you know, they're going, oh, flipping it. Look at the headlines today. And they just want to 
pour out all this, all this stuff and you're just thinking, oh, this is the first couple of hours of my day and I've already had a cold shower, I've not had a coffee, I'm standing next to somebody with BO, somebody else has got bad breath and you're moaning. And this is like the first couple of hours, everyday battles, everyday life. And you know what? That's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. It's never going to go away. We will always be facing the daily battles of life. Every day we have opportunities to be offended. Every day we have opportunities. Someone's going to say something that we have the choice. Am I going to let this offend me or I'm going to be bigger than this? Am I going to be better than this? That I'm not going to come down to their level and, and hurl abuse at them or, or get offended and whatever else. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to come down to their level. I'm going to show that I'm the bigger man. I'm the bigger woman. I'm the bigger person in this. I'm not going to get offended. I'm just going to love my enemies. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to win this battle. The coffee, well, I'm going to win this and say, you know what? Perhaps it's good that I don't have a coffee. I'm going to win the battle. When you have your cold shower, it's a bit like, you know what? This will do me good. (sighs) Man, that's a tough one. Every day we have opportunities to be offended. Every day we have opportunities to be offensive. Offensive. Somebody does something and we just want to say something that Jesus would never say. He just wouldn't react like that. Even when he was betrayed by a covenant partner, Judas comes up, gives him a kiss. You know what Jesus says? Friend, why have you come? He could have called him every word under the sun, but he didn't. He said, you're still my brother. You're still my partner. Every day we have opportunity to be offended, to be offensive. Every day we have opportunities to get sick. Cool, where did that come from? Every day we have, these are daily battles. Sickness is all around the place. You know what? We've got to fight this stuff. We've got to fight this stuff with the name of Jesus. I'm going to push in a little bit here. That we get up and we go out into everyday life. God doesn't ever want us to be under the weather, under the circumstances. He wants us to be daily victorious. Every day. Every day we have opportunities to give in to some temptation. To some, to some mindset. You know, perhaps you're prone to losing your temper. Every day you've got a battle in that. Every day, perhaps you're prone to be somebody that gets offended and, get, uh, and gets uppity about some stuff. And it doesn't take much. And, you know, perhaps you take offense. That's your battle that you face every day. That's your battle. For, you know, perhaps for me, that's not my battle. I've got another one. I don't know what your lifestyle is and what your, what your personality type is. I know we all want to be Christ-like, but every day you know the battles you face. You know the things. Perhaps it's a battle to quit smoking. Perhaps a, it's a battle to quit internet porn. Perhaps it's a, a battle to stop being fearful in your life. Perhaps it's a battle to not be abusive to people. Or perhaps you've got a chip on your shoulder about some situation you experienced when you were growing up and that's, and that's sort of created your mindset and your and your mentality and how you react to people and perhaps perhaps you're here today and you really struggle with authority figures and men because of what happened when you were growing up or perhaps I don't know what your battle is 
I don't know what it is, but every day you walk out into a world and there's a fight on and you've got to determine when you get up in the morning, today I'm going out and I'm going head first into a battlefield and I'm going out equipped for battle. I'm going out dressed for battle and I'm going to win every battle I face. I'm not going to get upset about the coffee, the shower. I'm not going to get upset about the offence. I'm not going to get upset about the train or the whatever. I'm just going to be in authority in my own life with the enemy under my feet, with my mind taken captive, with my thoughts wholesome, with my attitude great. I'm going out into this world to reflect the life of Jesus Christ. That's a daily battle. That's a da- And then the, the Bible says there's even a battle going on on the inside of us. It says this is the, it's actually the biggest battle that we fight. The battle of the flesh and the spirit. Your personality, your thoughts, your emotions, your will against that spirit man which is in the image of God. You've got a battle there on a daily basis. The Bible says your flesh, which is like your personality, your character, your will, your emotions, your flesh goes to war against your spirit. And your spirit goes to war against your flesh. These are just daily battles that we are to win on a daily basis. Look at someone say, all dressed up and ready for the battle. (laughs) Every day we have battles. But I want to take this a little bit further today and I want to go into into where I believe God wants us to, to sort of think about. And that is this. There are times when the heat is on and the battle is particularly fierce. There's times when the heat is on where it's as if the temperature's turned up. It is particularly violent. I'm not talking about people and all that. You understand what I'm saying. It is is particularly a battle that is going on. I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 6 where we find out about the armour of God. Today I'm not speaking on the armour of God. We're going to go through that in detail next week. But, but today it's this mentality, it's this attitude, it's this spirit that we carry. It says this, Finally my brothers be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God. This is the same armour we read about in, in Psalm 110. It's the same armour we find out about in Isaiah 59. Same armour of God, which we are resplendent. This is glorious. This is un, indestructible, undefeatable armour. The enemy has no defence against the armour of God. So put on the whole armour of God. Listen to this, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wow, can I say, this is not armour of God to deal with, I can't have a coffee this morning. This is not armour of God because, oh, I've got a cold shower. This is not armour of God because someone's rude to you or someone's moaning and complaining. You don't need the armour of God for, even though we put it on on a daily basis, we don't need armour for that. We need character. Come on, good preaching this morning. You don't need armour for somebody with a bad attitude. You need godly character. I don't need armour to do, oh, armour, I need all the armour of God. They've complained. I need this amazing armour, which the same stuff that Jesus wore when he was raised from the dead, this amazing armour. I need that armour to deal with someone's attitude. No, you don't. You just need godly character. 
You just need a great attitude on the inside. You just need to have a prayer life. You just need to be in your Bible. You just need to be an active, daily, living, alive Christian to deal with this stuff on the inside. We're surrounded by this every day. We don't, this says, listen to this. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, we don't often talk about the devil in this church. We talk about Jesus. We talk about our victory, our authority. But there are times we're, we're talking about all dressed up and we're ready for the battle. And today, I want to say the armour of God is for a very special purpose. It's not to deal with a lot of the stuff we think, oh, I really needed the armour on today. No, this says about standing against the wiles of the devil. A coffee queue is not the wiles of the devil. Hello? It's just life. It's just life. I mean, this morning, Sharon had to go on the way into church to get some petrol. Is that right? Did you go? You didn't go. Oh, we're going to talk about this later. It's been on zero since Thursday. Hello? This is bad management. This is just, this is, this is unacceptable behaviour in the Melfi household. You know what? If she'd been on her way to church this morning and run out of petrol, that's not the wiles of the devil. It's just her not doing what she should be doing. Hello? I was going to do it yesterday and forgot. Okay, 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 I repent. I just say, it's her car, my car's got petrol in it. Just saying, just saying. It's been on zero, she keeps saying it's got no petrol in it. And I think, well, go and, go and buy some. And then I went out in the car yesterday, I had to meet someone for a coffee, and oh man, alive, there were no seats in Costa. No seats. And I did, and alive, I thought, this is the wilds of the devil, excruciate. This is, this is horrendous. I nearly ran out of petrol coming here because you haven't put any petrol in the car. And now I get there and there's no seats. And I'm meeting my friend and he says, we have to go down the road. I felt a twitch sort of happening. And he said, there's a coffee shop down there. And I thought, I don't care if there's a coffee shop down there. I want to sit here. I needed my armour on. Not. And then this morning I said to Sharon, I was just leaving because I leave earlier because I'm the spiritual one in the morning on a Sunday and I, and I leave earlier and I get here earlier and I'm, and I'm here and I sort of went out and I thought, oh, I didn't put any petrol in. I wonder if Sharon has put the petrol So I went in and I turned on her en the engine there of the car and it's like, I pressed a little you know, information button. Zero. So I just went back in and the real compassionate husband I am. Oi, Sharon, you need to put petrol in on the way to work because you might run out. See you later. Shut the door. Got in the car, came to work. But if she'd run out of petrol, it's not an attack of the enemy. It's not the wiles of the devil. So many things in our life, we, we sort of want to throw the blame at Satan. And actually, we understand that the world is fallen and that there's general fallen mess. But you know what? This is talking here about something really, really specific, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against people, 
Now today, we, it is Remembrance Sunday and we are particularly remembering those who are at war or who have fallen in, in, um, in times of conflict. In any battle of any race, of any religion, of any, of, of any ethnic group, of any fight. But this is saying what you need the armour of God for is not to fight flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's why you need the armour of God. Against powers. That's why we need the armour of God because we're going against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. That's why we need the armour of God upon our lives against the spiritual hosts of of evil in the heaven. Can I say fallen angels? This is why we need the armour of God. If you're not fighting this stuff, you don't need the armour. Because this is where the battle is. This is where the battle is. Therefore, it says, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Everybody say evil day. Evil day. Oh, I know this is, this is pretty heavy language for a Sunday morning in Citygate, but that you may be able to withstand, that you can be, that you can be resistant that you can stand, one version says stand, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, we'll find out next week with the helmet on your head, etc. It says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Make no mistake about it, the devil comes to steal, kill and to destroy. And I, I want to say this, he has planned He's planned some evil days which are designed to take you out. They don't happen every day, thank God for that. But there can be an evil day that is going to take out your marriage. There's an evil day that can take out your kids. There's an evil day that can take out your confidence. There's an evil day where you go to the doctors and they say, you know, can you sit down, please? I want to tell you that you got prostate cancer. There's an evil day when you find out that you go into work one day and they say, they gather all the employees and say, I'm really sorry we got into administration. Something that just, back, it's not the coffee line. It's not the, it's not the cold shower. It's not the attitude on the train. That's not evil day. That's just life. But there's a time where there can be an evil day that the enemy has designed. He's planned in order to take you, to take me, to take our families. It's a time when everything shakes. The doctors report the job issue, the financial challenge. It's like, bam, it comes out the blue, not expected, Certainly not invited. And it's the day when we need the armour of God. Because it's a day when we're going to come out of this thing in a better state than what the plan of the enemy was, which was to destroy us. We're coming out on top. We're coming out in victory. We're coming out no matter how evil the day is. We're coming out in victory. We're coming out with our heads held high. We're coming out with the praise of God in our mouth. We're coming out with victory. We're coming out with wisdom. We're coming out with experience. We're coming out with a testimony. We're coming out with a life that means we can get other people out of their evil day. This is the evil day that the Word of God talks about. (coughs) Excuse me. So we're going to, just cover three things very quickly. What do we do? 
to be ready for the evil day. What do we got to do? Well, the first thing is get dressed. Get dressed. As I say, when I think about that expression, I think about my kids in bed at three o'clock in the afternoon. Get up and get dressed. But perhaps we need to tell ourselves sometimes, get up and get dressed. Get up and get dressed. Let's not wander into life. Let's go into life prepared. Let's go in with a prepared mindset. Let's go in with prepared emotions. Let's not go into life being vulnerable, being ill-prepared, being susceptible to whatever people want to throw at us. Let's go into life prepared. Are you getting this today? Look at someone say, get dressed. Look at someone else say, get up and get dressed. God has equipped us with his incredible armour, resplendent in battle array. When we're dressed up, ready for the battle, there is no isn't anything that the enemy can do to defeat us. If we're ready, if we're prepared, if we're prepared for the battle. I'm not saying we get up every day expecting hardship. It's not what I'm saying. We expect the blessing. We expect all things to work together for our good. We expect things to go well for us, no matter what is going on. But there is also a preparedness on the inside of us that says, you know what? I'm still getting dressed in my armour. I'm still getting dressed with the right mindset. I'm still getting dressed with the right attitude. I'm still getting dressed with the Word of God in my hand and in my mouth. I'm not having a day off of God's Word. I'm not having a week off of God's Word. I'm not having a day when I don't praise God. I'm not having a day when I, when I take off the breastplate. I'm going to be ready and willing. These young people in Psalm 110, they said, yeah, pick me, pick me. We're ready. We'll turn up. We'll show up. You don't have to press gang us. We're dressed. We're ready. We are resplendent, ready for anything. Get dressed in Jesus' name. Get dressed with a mindset. Get dressed with an attitude. In the evil day, we're to stand strong. Why? Because the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. And a more accurate translation is, let the weak and the vulnerable say, I am a warrior. Let the weak say, I am strong. When you get up in the morning, I don't know how you think. I'm not a morning person. I'm a rest of the day person. I'm certainly not a morning person. And I'm not saying I get, I jump out of bed and go, hallelujah, I'm victorious. That's not how I get up. It takes me time to sort of get my brain together and my thoughts together. Often at the moment, I'm putting on a, um, you know, I'll probably listen to two or three half-hour sermons in the morning before I get up and I'm just hearing something so victorious and so encouraging that when I get up, it's like I'm ready for anything. I've had, what's his name? Joel Osteen telling me I'm a winner for the last hour. Absolutely. You see, if you get up and you wander into life, anything can take you out if you're not dressed and ready to go. Anything can take you out. The coffee will take you out. The shower will take you out, set you up for a day of misery. But you can be set up for a day of victory if you just get dressed. Get dressed in the armour that God's given us. In the evil day, know who fights with you. Almighty God is fighting with us, alongside us, and He is indestructible. In the evil day, know whose armour that is that you're wearing. 
is not my armour. It's the armour of the resurrected Christ. It's the same armour which He wore when He defeated death, hell and the grave when He was raised from the dead on the third day. And I'm wearing that armour into each and every situation that I face, especially in the evil day. In the evil day, make the decision, I'm coming out of this better. I'm coming out of this in a better way. I love that expression, not even the smell of smoke upon my life. In the evil day, we got to trust in the captain of the host. His name is Jesus Christ and he's never been defeated yet. Can I hear an amen? In the evil day, know that the devil is under your feet. Ah, oh, praise God. We just read Psalm 110. It says, My Lord said to my Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down until I make your enemies your footstool. And the Bible says in the New Testament that the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet and my feet. Because he's sitting in authority. He's the head. We're the body. The enemy's under my feet. Everything I face today is under my feet. Whether it's the coffee or the evil day, every plan of the enemy is already defeated and already under my feet and I'm walking on water and I'm walking on serpents and scorpions. The Bible says nothing shall by any means harm us and hinder us from the victory that we have in Christ. Because the enemy's under our feet. Look at someone say, get dressed. So look at someone say, get up and get dressed. Okay, point number two as the band comes up. Live on purpose. Make the decision every day that the enemy is not going to take me by surprise. Not going to take me by surprise. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be willing and I'm going to stand strong and fight. I love 1, Corinthians, 1 sorry, Chronicles chapter 12. I preached for a whole year on 1 Chronicles chapter 12 back in 1995-96. At that time they came to David every day to help him. Until it was a great army, like the army of God. These are the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war that came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to David according to the word of the Lord. These people came dressed and ready and willing and able, ready for battle. They didn't come and have to say, train me. They came and they were already equipped. I believe something's going on in Citygate right now. People are gathering already on fire, already equipped. We're seeing people come to Christ, which is wonderful. But we're seeing believers that have been perhaps lost or confused or, or perhaps out of the picture for some time. And they're coming back and it's as if like one scent of water and the stump is growing again, to use a Bible analogy. One, one, one scent of the presence of God, one smell of what God is doing and something is coming alive on the inside and if you've been coming to Citygate for the last few weeks I want to say something is coming alive in your life something is stirring you cannot sit in this church and just be casual or just be relaxed something is stirring on the inside because there is a wave of the Spirit of God that is hitting this place so powerfully and we're standing there as the armour the army of God we're not fighting people we're loving people but we're gathering together for a purpose to turn over the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God and His dear Son in Jesus' name. 
We are an army of compassionate soldiers fighting for our generation. We're an army of anointed healers to bring wholeness and healing spirit, soul and body and financially and socially bringing healing into people's lives. We're an army of generous givers and providers fighting for abundant prosperity that Jesus has won for us on the cross. We're an army of focused fighters We are fighting for the salvation of our generation. We are not just gathering on a Sunday and happy to see multitudes in knife crime and hatred and racism and darkness and depression and rebellion on a daily basis being lost into an eternity, a godless eternity. We are an army of farmers. Beat your swords into plowshares. Beat your swords into pruning hooks, the Bible says, because there is a great and mighty harvest that God has for our generation. We are fighting for the harvest of souls that Jesus died for on the cross. And finally, as we close, and we're going to do something about this today. Everybody say, get dressed. Everybody say, live on purpose. But the last thing today, and I want to say this with every bit of love, but every bit of faith and prophetic declaration in me, get in the fight. Get in the fight. Get in the fight. Get in the ring. Get in where the action is. The armour's for people that are going against the generation, not against people, but are dealing with principalities and powers, dealing with their own evil day and dealing with other people's evil day. Get in the fight. Don't just watch the battle on the sidelines. Get in the fight. I love, I love the story of David and Goliath. However many, probably hundreds of times I've read that in my Christian life, it never ceases to stir me. There is something about that young boy that had such a worshipping spirit and such a heart for God. The Bible says God found David a man after his own heart who would do all of his will. What an amazing testimony from God over a teenage boy. Oh, let that same Spirit be in Citygate Church in Jesus' Name. That we are worshippers, that God can find us people after God's own heart who will do all of God's will. And David, he comes out to bring some food to the army. In inverted commas, they weren't acting like an army. They were an embarrassment. They were all sitting under the trees as the giant Goliath, that nine foot tall, would come out every day and start hurling abuse at the army and hurling abuse at Almighty God. And there's David, he's just come out to bring some bread and cheese and I don't know what to to his friends. And he hears this guy and he goes, who the heck is that? What's he doing? And they go, oh, that's Goliath. Oh, we're scared of him. We can't deal with him. And David goes, what are you talking about? You're the army of the living God. You're dressed for battle, but you're sitting down. What's what's happening? You're not getting in the fight. You're sitting there dressed like it, but you're intimidated by this Goliath thing. What's intimidating your life? 
What's keeping you back from getting in the fight? And he says, what will be done to the one who kills him? And they say, well, you'll get a woman and you'll get tax-free life forever. Now he's like 15 years old. He's like, oh, man alive, my hormones are running so hot, my shoes are smoking. I get a woman? Dear God, man alive. And I don't have to go through all the hassle and the emotional turmoil and the upset and the inner confusion of asking her out on a date. I just get given her. It's amazing. So he said, oh, it's too good to be true. And he goes and asks someone else, what's going to be done? And a complete, what's, what's going to be done for whoever kills him? They said, you get a woman. Actually, not just any woman. You get the king's woman, the king's daughter. Amazing. And you get tax-free living for the rest of your life. And he goes, man alive, I'm going to go and talk to the king. And he goes in and he says, hey, king, I'll get you giant for you. Oh, hey King. And he goes, who are you? You're just a shepherd boy. Yeah, I may just look like a shepherd boy, but I'm resplendent in holy armour. I know who I am. I know why I'm called. I know why I'm here. I'm anointed to be King. I'm not telling you that, but I know that I know that I know that my God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? I know that I know that I have resurrection life that's around me and in me. I worship God and the rivers of life flood through me on a daily basis. I know who I am. And he said, okay, well, I'll give you a go, but you need to wear this armour. And he puts armour on his life, the king's armour. And have you ever seen a little kid that's wearing big clothes? And it's like he was walking around and it didn't fit. And he said, you know what? I don't need this stuff. All I need is the Name of God and the skills and the giftings that God has given me. And he goes out and he gets what he's already got in his hand for you to win you don't need anything else you've already got it in your hand you've already got the the ability the personality you've already got the faith you've already got the gifting you've already got the anointing you've already got the grace God has already called you and equipped you and commissioned you to go out and take the head off of any Goliath and he just got the sling out of his pocket he didn't have to go and find something he was not used to he already had the gifting perhaps it's compassion perhaps it's preaching perhaps it's worship perhaps it's accountancy perhaps it's uh, you're a doctor I don't care what your sling is but whoever you are that is your weapon against the enemy Stand up and be counted. Get in the fight. And he pulls out the sling and he gets five smooth stones out of the river. Oh, this is so powerful. I'm not, you know, for a generation, we need apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher to come out of the river of God and to be put in the sling of the church and to be thrown at the enemy of a generation. And he gets this sling. And I love this. I want you to get a picture of this is your life. This is my life. This is City Gate Church heading in to 2020. As we head in, we're getting that, uh, that, those five stones. We get in the sling and we're saying, we're taking the head off of any Goliath that we face this year. And he stands there and he says, Goliath, you may be nine foot tall. You may come at me with a spear and with the shield and with all your stuff. But I come at you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. You, you don't have a covenant. I have a covenant. I'm victorious. And I'm going to take your head off your shoulders and I'm going to feed your body to the birds of the air. And it says Goliath scorned him. 
They said, who do you think you are to come at me with sticks and stones? I don't care what you look like in the natural. You are resplendent in the Spirit. Resplendent in glory. Resplendent in victory in Jesus' Name. We got so many gifts and talents as a church. What's your sling? What's your stones? We've all got something specific, but something that we've all got to do. We've all got to be praying the Word of God. We've all got to be declaring and praying the Word of God. We've all got to be praising God for the victory. God, I praise You for the victory. Ah, but you're in the battle. Yeah, but I'm praising God for the victory. Yeah, but don't you know what the doctor said? Yeah, but I'm praising God for the victory. Don't you know what the bank said? Yeah, but I'm praising God for the victory. And I'm praising Him and I'm praising Him and I'm praising Him and I'm praising Him for the victory that we have in Christ. Sow seed for your future. Finally, as we close today, I know we've got the garments of praise upon our lives. Life-changing moment last week. Church-changing moment last week. Absolutely. Something shifted in the Spirit over Citygate Church last Sunday. Therefore, something shifted in our region last Sunday. But that was not just a moment. That is a lifestyle. Praising God with all our heart, our soul and our strength. But today, we've got to pray the Word of God. We've got to praise God for the victory, but we've got to prophesy into our future. Little shepherd boy, David, I'm going to take your head off. He was prophesying. I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the air. I'm coming out on top. I'm going to win. I'm going to show that that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm going to come out with healing Uh, in my life. I'm going to come out with every need met. I'm going to come out and my marriage is going to be healed. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to come out and my kid's going to be on fire for God. I'm going to fight for it. I'm taking the head off of this Goliath today. I'm coming out and this and and the prosperity of God's going to be in my business. I'm going to fight for it in Jesus' Name. Let's stand to our feet today. Do you get anything out of that? But we're going to go out of this place and we're going to go out on fire in faith with a passion and with an energy exploding out of our hearts. We are going to sing prophesy in this place and we're going to do it as a prophetic declaration as we close our service today. So do you remember, we're clapping people, yeah? Come on, we're shouting people. Yeah. Come on, we're jumping people in Jesus' Name. We're dancing people. Come on, we're singing people. Come on, Katie, why don't you lead us? And we're going to use this as a prophetic time, declaring into our future. And I want you to take the head off of whatever Goliath it is that has been facing you at this time. Go for it, Katie.